Welcome to session 11. We are global recruitment experts, entrepreneurs, and founders of 1111 Group of Companies. We are Tess and Alicia, and we deliver insider information and actionable practices to guide you through the ins and outs of your career journey. We are joined by thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they share exclusive tips to inspire personal growth and career development, bringing you one step closer to your purpose. our first guest in the studio today. For season two. For season two. That's right. right. We're like the Kardashians. Yes. <laughs> just like them. Okay. So this is our first time having a, a guest in the studio. And this is our first time with this format for a guest. So before we intro right. our guest today, we're going to be speaking to our guest about their chapter two. Okay. I wish you had prepared me for this a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> But we thought it would be really great and fun on the podcast when we bring in a guest, which we often do. We bring in a lot of business leaders, HR, recruitment, talent acquisition leaders. And instead of just focusing on their career highlights and leadership journey, we want to talk to them about their chapter two. So if you've been following us, you know our new brand, Chapter Two Meditation. The impetus is when you pick up the pen and write the story that is your life. So we really believe that everybody has a chapter two. There's the life you thought you were going to live or the things you grew up thinking, I've got to do this or I have to be that or all of the expectations that get put on us. And then there's this moment in all of our lives where we just go, hold up, you know, that doesn't really fit for me. That doesn't work. And Mm. here's what I'm going to do. Here's what's important to me. Here's what's meaningful. And so we're going to ask our guests around their chapter two and see what happens. I can't wait. And if it doesn't work out, we'll go back to the old (laughs) format where we start drinking with our guests. And And take our shirts off. And take our shirts off. Okay. Love it. (laughs) We have the most exciting guests. I can't even look at her. She's too beautiful. She's She's warming my heart. (laughs) Yesterday, I told her she would be my dream sister-in-law. Yeah. Don't you think? Me too. My dream. She's my dream friend. She is such a good friend of ours, but she is also so many other things. She's an exceptional human being in all areas. Mm -hmm. Her career, one of them. So our guest today is Asmina Sayani Kara, who is the (laughs) Senior Director of People and Culture at Manos Travel. Manos Travel. (laughs) And I actually just purchased some Manos Travel suitcases. I was going to ask you about that. Did you order me one? I didn't order you one. Oh, come on. I actually ordered them for my trip to Australia in April. Rude. But they just released a new bag that we're both going to yeah. get. So I need to do that. Okay. Okay. We'll but, loop back to that. We're going to talk yes. about their product later. Okay. Got it. Um, okay. So Asmina has over 20 years of talent acquisition and HR experience. She has worked for global companies such as Altus HR, Lululemon Athletica, and Cactus Club Cafe. <laughs> she is a mother, a wife, a career woman, and the most amazing friend to both of us. Welcome, Aww, Asmina Sayani Kara. Thank you for having me. We are so that thrilled. That was such a nice introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so touched. <laughs> we love you, clearly. We adore you. And you should have seen our thank pre-podcast you. ritual. Alicia was just embracing her, mm. holding her. We were warming up. Nuzzling her. <laughs> Nuzzling her. I wish we could do this with all of our guests. <laughs> Okay, so Asmina, you heard, we gave you a little bit of a heads up around our chapter two theme. So let's just get right into it. When we say to you, 
Tell us about a chapter two moment that impacted your life or that you want to share with us. What comes to mind for you? Gosh, that's a loaded question. So (laughs) I put a lot of thought into this actually. Um, And I don't think it was an actual moment. I think it was a period in time Mm. in my life. As you mentioned, I used to work for Lululemon. And prior to that, I just lived life day by day, one step at a time, didn't put a lot of thought into what's next? What do I want in my life? Like what's going to fulfill me? I didn't even think about it. Right. And then I remember joining Lululemon and for anyone that has no exposure to Lululemon, they are very focused on vision and goals. And I remember the first time that they asked me to do my vision and goals and it was a very difficult task for me. Mm. And I remember looking around and reading other people's goals and I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I'll put it on mine, you know, and I had no interest in these goals. It was things like, and you both know this, it was <laughs> oh like God. run a 5k. Like that's my worst <laughs> nightmare. Like had no interest in yes. that. But it felt right at the time. And I pinned them on the wall. Mm. And the idea about pinning them on the wall was that you hold yourself accountable to others or others hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at that and that wasn't my North Star. None of those things on that piece of paper were lighting me up or exciting me. But what it did teach me is the foundation, which is vision and goals, the whole idea of vision and goals and putting Mm. thought into, you have one life and how do you want to live it? And, you know, thinking 10 years from now was just so far away for me, but thinking how I could set my life up a year from now, that was attainable. Right. So um, that was great because that actually gave me a little bit of a shift in perspective. And then as I started to like evolve as a person and get more life experience. I tie a lot of my experience back to work because a lot of mm-hmm. who I am as a Hasmina has evolved through work, like the relationships mm. I've built or you know, the work that I've been able to get up to has evolved me. So I think I just got more experience. I felt more confident in myself. I started mm-hmm. to build more relationships. I traveled more. And that's when I started to see more of a purpose. Like I, I started to notice those little things that fueled me or got me out of bed every morning. Mm-hmm. And then you asked me, when was my chapter two? And mm-hmm. honestly, I think a lot of people could maybe feel the same, but it was during the pandemic. Wow. When the entire world was forced to pause, like right. stop, like everybody reevaluated. like health was a big thing for people. You know, we had to really think about people that lost people or right. people that weren't well during that time. Um, For the first time ever, I don't know if you all had this with your family, but my family being in the UK, all around the world, we were setting up Zoom calls. And so I felt, you know, it was making space for that. And that's when I felt like my chapter two started to start meaning something to me. It was Mm. meaning that I spent more time with my family. Health mattered and my family's health mattered. You know, making Mm -hmm. space instead of like going through the rat race of everyday life. Yes, It was pausing and saying, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't need right. to be a grind. It can just be those small moments that you really appreciate. And I've come out of that now knowing what I really want in life. So I wow. think that was amazing. a pivotal time for me. Wow. Love that. That's so relatable and so powerful, right? Because I feel like when the world stopped, I just remember the overwhelming feeling of like relief, even though it was awful conditions. Yes. But there was some relief in like not having to go to everything or show up to everything. Or I remember the feeling of my circle becoming so much smaller and loving that. Yes. You know? (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly it. 
And it wasn't just about like, you know, prior to that, it was, you know, having a conversation with my son at eight o'clock at night to drive him to soccer and saying, how's school today? Whereas in those moments, it was like, you know, I could pick him up from school at three o'clock because I wasn't doing that commute and being bogged down with a routine. Yeah. I was still getting 150% of my work done. It was just in a different way. And now I realize that that matters to me. Like I had to go through that to understand what mattered and what didn't. It sounds like both of those kind of pivotal moments you just shared with us, you starting at Lululemon and being kind of indoctrinated into this practice of goal setting and then going through the pandemic were real kind of perspective shifts for you and kind of allowed you to kind of hit pause on that day-to-day grind or rat race or they sound so negative, but you just get into, Mm -hmm. you know, almost having blinders on a little bit, not pulling back and looking at the bigger picture. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think having the foundational knowledge of how to set goals and then having experience to marry that up with, it's kind of led me. It was was an evolution. It wasn't just me sitting in a room at a period of time in my life and saying, this is what I want. It was something that was experiences that kind of really came to life for me. So you shared that it was really hard for you to write goals, which I think a lot of people experience that it can be very Mm -hmm. overwhelming. Mm -hmm. We, you know, it was part of our practice at Lululemon. So for us, it's become second nature, but I do Mm -hmm. hear that a lot from people. So how were you able to overcome that? How did you get to a place where you were sitting down and writing goals that meant something to you? Because I did the same thing at first too. I was writing down, I was going to run the seaweeds or something. Right. Yeah, me too. Pure insanity. Yeah. So how were you able to get to a place where you were writing meaningful goals for yourself? I've become such a goal-oriented person and the littlest things matter to me. And I love like incentives at the end of something that I can work really hard at. So for example, I will say in one of my goals, it will be like, if I work really hard for the next three months, I can take a really nice vacation. Mm. But something that lights me up. So I set myself actually mini goals. It feels still like the 10-year goal mark is too far. The five-year goal mark is too far, but the one-year goal Mm. is very attainable. So, I mean, we all saw it. Nobody predicted a pandemic. And if I had written my goals, I mean, the world has changed. So Mm -hmm. I just find that writing that so far ahead, so much can change. Whereas making it so like real in the one year mark, it's something that you can just achieve in like three month time frame. Yes. And if you need to change them, you can. And so that's been something that's really mattered to me, like doing things that really excite me in three month time frames that eventually will lead to that one year goal mm-hmm. mark. So true. I actually read research recently. I can't remember who it was by, but it was talking about goal setting and that this idea of just what you were saying, setting long-term or BHAG goals that, Mm. you know, it's important to stretch yourself, but if you're setting goals that are too big and you're not able to break it down and achieve small little steps can actually ultimately derail you or you lose your motivation that through research, it's much more motivational and achievable to kind of break it down into small increments or steps or timeframes, right? Yes. It's so hard with goals because I think there's so much competing research and Mm. information. Like I recently read an article where it was like, smart goals are bad. They're out. They don't work. And I'm like, what? (laughs) 
hotel. We were taught to set them. And then, you know, like this one is like, don't send 10 year vision. So I feel like to your point, Azzy, it's like, you just have to go with like, what feels right for me right now, you know? And sometimes you might be in a place where you're like, I actually want to set a goal for five years. Like, here's where I see us in five years. And I know it's going to take a while to get here, but this is the vision. Mm -hmm. But I've been in chapters in my life where it's like, yeah, I need to set a 12 month goal. And that feels big enough. And that feels like challenging enough. And that's all I actually have capacity to look at right now. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just good to check in with yourself and see what feels inspiring to you because we're all different. You even went through a period where you just used a word. Yes. Right? I loved that. Yeah. Like something that really spoke to you that you wanted yeah. to... Like a theme word. Or yes. How did I want to feel this yeah. year? Yeah. Right? Like I went really rogue with goal setting. Yeah. <laughs> but I just leaned into my intuition. <laughs> what do you need right now? What's going to feel good for you? What's going to help you still achieve or feel inspired and feel creative? So yeah, I think that's a good idea to just check in with yourself. Yeah. And you it's know? so individual and it it's takes so individual. time. And it's, I just think for me, it was like cutting out the noise of like social media and mm-hmm. what other people are getting up to and like, what would be the looking good goal? You know, like what's right. that cool thing that the people are doing that I must be doing? You know, it wasn't about that. It was right. about, you know, what sparked joy for me personally yes. as an individual. So that was. And like, it's such good information and insight to bring into your role as the senior director of people at Monos, because part of your role is culture as well, right? And I yes. know Monos is really putting a big stake in the ground around that. Yes. And it's so exciting because we know from our experience in talent acquisition, this is what draws people to companies, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's good for you to go into it with that lens of, I'm working with individuals versus like an employee collective. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Monos is doing a really incredible job about you know, focusing on what matters. Mm. Um, and it's really refreshing to work for three founders that feel so passionate about people um, and, you know, retaining great talent, hiring great talent. And so what do we need to do to make sure that that happens? So they're investing a lot of thought and putting a lot of new ideas into what that could look like. Love that. So that speaks my language. That's something that really excites me. Yes. Can you tell us quickly what Monos Travel is? Just give us the yeah, of course. overview. They're a sustainable luggage brand, but there's so much more than that. They produce like the most beautiful mm-hmm. luggage. I'm maybe biased, but it is really beautiful um, and very thoughtful luggage. So, you know, there's different purposes for each of those products that they do bring out. And we're trying to create a space for the mindful traveler. You know, travel for people could be very different. It could be for exploratory. It could be for really Mm -hmm. kind of meeting people, learning about cultures, but it's doing that mindfully, like really spending the time and giving people the space to be able to be more in the moment and take in different things as they travel. And they're also a company that really believes in giving back. So they give back 1% of their profits to, you know, the planet or different organizations that support the planet. So that was really important for me when I picked the company is because they're really up to some really great things and mean it when they're putting that out there. So that's important. Super important. 
So great. And what was the sustainability factor? Is that with the product itself or yeah. is that the giving back piece you just spoke Both, about? actually, Both. yes. Okay. The product, every material that mm. we pick, like we just had a meeting yesterday about what happens to our like materials that we're not using? How do we recycle them? What do we do with luggage that maybe the zipper was wrong or maybe the, right. the color yes. came out a little bit different? So how do we donate that and make sure that it's not just being wasteful? So there's a lot of conversation around making sure that we're really thoughtful about everything that we're doing and that we're not just doing it for the sake of being the greatest product out there, but making sure that we are the greatest product out there with doing it the right way, in an ethical way, and making sure our factory people are well looked after, that they are an extension of our head Mm. office. So every piece of it just feels right. So Love it. And so I did purchase a suitcase and a carry-on in this tan color. Yes. It's so beautiful. It's I can't so, wait. Do you have um, it already? Yeah, I got it for my Australia it? trip. Like, oh, at from the start last of the year. year. Yes, yeah. yes. It was actually this year. Okay. I'm in a time <laughs> And the color is vortex. so impractical, which I love because um, <laughs> it's this beautiful tan color. So it's like they're the perfect Instagrammable suitcases. So I'm really happy to hear that they're also sustainable and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> contributing back to the planet. And then the packing mm. cubes are a game changer. So you can yes. like buy these additional packing cubes oh, and you can cool. just fit more in your suitcase. I'm really happy. And where what are we getting that we love that we saw that you... You want the duffel. The duffel. Yes. And it's yeah. so nice. And I'm traveling with it on Sunday. So I'll tell you exactly okay, how great. the functionality okay. is. Um, but it's so beautiful. Like you can fit your laptop in there and oh, like a nice. bit. I have a big laptop. So there's a really Me lovely too. pocket for that. And okay, great. I'm yeah. going to order them for today for us. Okay. Alicia, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to get out of it. Okay, great. <laughs> so we touched on this briefly, but what ultimately drew you to this brand? You mentioned how important your career is to you, how you know pivotal that has been in your chapter too, because I know you were really intentional about joining this brand. And what was it about yes. it that, that got you there? A few things, actually. So, you know, worked at Lululemon, huge, well-oiled machine, went to Cactus Club, mid-sized, well-oiled machine. But what I did learn at Cactus Club and what allowed me to do there was build a function. Right. And I was in my element. Like I learned Mm -hmm. that I loved building things from nothing. And so when the opportunity at Monos came about, number one, I love retail. I love product. I love owner-led businesses. So my entire career, I've worked for owner-led businesses. Right. And I think there's something about when an owner is working for the business day to day, the passion, the attention to detail really comes alive. Like, you know, if you have a CEO that kind of has come in midway, it's just different for me personally. I just find that it's different. And so I've been really fortunate that I joined Lululemon right when Chip Wilson was actually bowing out, but still his values were still there. The same with Cactus Club Cafe. Richard Jaffrey was a big part of the day-to-day decision making. Yes, And then meeting Victor, Hubert and Dan, three founders of Mono's, I instantly knew that they were young, entrepreneurial, fun, uber smart, like really smart in a very like authentic way. Mm. And the biggest thing for me was that they were humble. Like Mm. that's such a big piece for me is that, you know, having that humbleness to be like, okay, let's try things. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, let's not do it again. And there's no judgment. So I think that was a big piece. And having the trust and the autonomy to build something was very important. So that was kind of what led me there. I remember 
for my interview. I had an interview with like the whole team and it just felt so natural. It was very mm. stressful for me to hear about this. <laughs> you Didn't you have a dinner? Like you had a dinner I with did. everybody and the board? Yes. and But it felt so natural being on that table. It just felt I like I was that. a part of the team you already. Do. You belong there. So it's my calling. Oh, I, I believe love that. It That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. for you. Can we do her lightning round? It's lightning round time. No preparation. Lightning round questions. As Mina Kara. (laughs) You know, out of all my girlfriends, you're the one that's been married the longest. Mm. 16 years. Tell us, what's the secret? Communication. Say more. (laughs) I was just going to say that. Well, first of all, my husband's, I think, pretty awesome. He is. Um... But I think where we've jived the most is being open and honest with each other. Like if we're feeling something, we say it. If we, right. But we spend a lot of time together. Right. So being able to have really clear, good communication has been key in our marriage, I think. And so our when you success. say clear, do you just mean direct? Like you just call it like yeah, it is? it's comfortable. We yeah. just know each other so well now that it's, I'll say something. He'll just know what I mean by that. Sometimes right. I don't even have to say anything and he just knows how I'm feeling. Like it's just oh my God. that... You guys are adorable. Non-direct communication. Okay, do you have your phone near you? I need it for my next lightning round question. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what the last thing was that you ordered on Amazon. Oh, my laptop case. Really? You know that off the top of your head? I do. What were you hoping for there? Yeah. I think it's a revealing question. And you dove in. (laughs) What was the last thing you ordered? I don't know. Let, I, let us know. I have a problem, so I can't even I remember. Wanna hear, I want to hear it. Because I Pat. saw this question that you wrote down. I thought, where is she going with this? <laughs> yeah. And I'm very curious to see what she's been up to on Amazon. I ordered a, I don't even know what you would call this, like a bath mat, like so that <laughs> kids don't slip in the bath. And it's got what? seahorses and starfish on it. Okay, got it. It's a very interesting question. <laughs> I've never heard it before. And let's keep working with it with other guests. And see if we can get and something then, yeah, really juicy. At some juicy. point, I'm going to go, that's why I asked it. Yes. Well, that's what I'm really looking forward to. What else do you got? I want to know, this is a great question. What is something that Alicia and I do not know about you? <gasps> oh my God, you guys know everything about me. Um, I learned something new about Tess today. <laughs> this is exactly this is my how segue. I this question to go <laughs> I thought we knew each other so well, but today I learned something new about you. So I'm going to turn this around, actually, uh, even I'm though I'm not the host. happier. <laughs> Tess was a finalist or a top 10 finalist this on American Idol. Australian Austra- Idol. Sorry, Australian Idol. Like she lived in the house. They all lived together in a house. Okay, it wasn't better. called Australian Idol. Okay, so this I'm is not good. Tell me go, more. I'm not going to say what it was called. At least she's not <laughs> denying it like yeah. she did like 20 minutes ago. It was not called Australian Idol. I was extremely young. <laughs> <laughs> you actually did a little bit of a warm-up before we started. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away by your voice. So I'm okay. not at all surprised. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm so You also right did now. a warm-up. We did a duet. <laughs> And we were both very bad. (laughs) 
Which I is why Brayden I'm not uttered, a singer oh my God. and I have this scam job at 11.11 Talent. Okay? <laughs> I'm not convinced. Like, I'm going to package you up somehow. I'm okay. going to make money off of Chris this Chris Jenner over here. Yes. 100%. 10%. <laughs> okay, so nice way to dodge the question. So let's end with, do you have any tattoos? No. <laughs> Will you be no, open to getting one? I would, I would be open to getting one. Oh, a small one. With us. Yeah. Okay, what about, I would do it with you two. 11-11. <laughs> I would do it with you two. Okay. We can workshop the idea what we get. Yeah. I wonder if we could get like a tattoo person in the podcast studio with us. That's a great idea. Brayden. Brayden. <laughs> Our good friend Brayden. From the pod father. The pod father. Do you have tattoo abilities? <laughs> It's a head shake as a no. Okay, got it. We'll find somebody. Amazing. As Mina Sayani, Kara, it's been a slice. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. That Thank was you really fun. So Thank much. you so much. Thank you for me. being vulnerable and sharing with us and May God supporting bless you. us. And Thank you. May God bless you. <laughs> okay. So fun. We love you. Thank you. Toodles. Toodles. Thank you for tuning in to Session 11. You can find us on social media at 1111talent or at Chapter 2 Meditation. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Our intention is to provide you with value. So if you got that today, please leave us a review and a rating. It really helps other people discover our potty. Okay, sorry about that. She's Australian. She means podcast. <laughs>